Hello. Hey, how's it going? How are you doing? It's I'm going, it's going. <laughs> I'm just thrilled I figured out how to get on here. Sometimes I told you earlier, I'm not the greatest at technology. <laughs> it's all good. How's everything been going? Everything is going really well. Thank you for asking. Oh, no problem. So um, I'll let you introduce yourself and kind of just go through your journey in volleyball to uh, where you're at now. Okay. Um, well, hello, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Um, my name is Joanna Halk, and I am the former head coach at the University of Pittsburgh at Johnstown. Um, my journey through volleyball was pretty exciting, actually. I began playing volleyball um, in seventh grade, and when I think about that very first year of volleyball, I didn't get to play a single game the entire year except the last 10 points of the last game of the season. So we've come a long way. Um, you know, after that year, when I was in eighth grade, that's when I first started playing club. And that's when I really realized, you know, how fun the sport can be. Um, just You're just with a smaller group of people and, um, you know, all those people really love the sport. Um, so that was really exciting. Um, yeah, so after club, um, going up through high school, I had the opportunity to play uh, at the Division II level at California University of Pennsylvania. And I played there for all four years of my career. Um, and I, I graduated in 2010. And after that, I coached club for a year and an opportunity presented itself um, for both my husband and I to be the assistant coaches at UPJ with the understanding that the following year we would take over the program. So um, I've kind of, it, it was neat how it came full circle, our volleyball journey. Um, you know, but in, in between all of that high school and college, quite honestly, I would play volleyball any chance I could. Um, you know, I, doubles tournaments, triples tournaments, you know, just the love of the game. Um, that's actually how I met my husband through volleyball. It's a pretty funny story actually. Um, but yeah. So um, I know that it's kind of been you know, a bittersweet saying goodbye to coaching for right now, we'll say. Uh, it's, a, it's a temporary walk away um, at when you uh, began your family and then started focusing on teaching as well on top of coaching, which um, uh, I understand the struggle now. Uh, it's not fun. Um, but my, my, my big topic for this time is kind of um, how your priorities supersede your dreams sometimes and how your family ends up being your biggest support system, whether that's blood or what your teammates and friends turn into as your family. So um, I know for you, a lot of it started in club. And then uh, the biggest bonds um, from what I saw were at Cal U. And then you jump from there going into UPJ. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, that's what it's all about is, you know, that family feel and the relationships that you make along the way. Um, you know, it, it's definitely a very bittersweet feeling, um, you know, exiting from coaching. Um, you know, it's, it's wonderful to spend all this time with our very young children who are just growing so fast um, with the hopes that maybe someday we can get into it again at some level, at some place, you know, maybe we can even coach our daughter at some point, which I mean, she might hate that, but I would love it. Um, 
but yeah, um, you know, it's, it's definitely, um, you know, when I, when I think about the people that I, that I have met and just the relationships that I have made, you know, you don't always remember the big games or how you did in the game, but you know, that's one thing that I, um, I always remember from my years of playing and my years of coaching are, you know, the relationships I've made and how people have made me feel with the relationship with, with the relationships. Yeah. And that's, that was, that was fun to see, especially like I, with me, I started at Cal U with coaching. So getting, I got there, you know, a few years late, you know, compared to where you were there. Um, I think my transition was with Kelly and Sarah and, then I kind of took off from there, ended up with Pedley, um, ran into and coached alongside a couple of your players um, with uh, Nikki Oaks and um, uh, Larissa. So it was, you know, I mean, I heard about you. I, you know, I had come in contact with you before, obviously. And it's, it is one of those things where you, you get, you do get to see it full circle and it's hard. It's hard to walk away, but it's also fun to get back into it in a different light once you accept it. Yeah, I agree. And I mean, even though it's not part of my life right now, it very much is, you know, just the, the contact that I have with some of my former teammates and even some of my former players, you know, it's always great out of the blue getting a message where, Hey, I'm in Johnstown. Do you mind if I swing by and stop in for a visit just to see you just, <laughs> You know, it's, it's so sweet to get those kind of messages and just think about, um, you know, all the good times. And um, I know the, uh, the, the cost of time and everything with coaching and sacrifices you make and all that is, um, I know the big thing for me is keeping your priorities in line and making sure that the right priorities are put in the right spots. Um, with an understanding that there will be certain but not complete sacrifices in certain areas of your life and uh, to do that in order to, you know, get ahead. And it's not always for yourself. You know, it's for your athletes you're dealing with. It's for your family, you know, your significant other, your kids. And sometimes that's giving it up. And I know with what you do now professionally as a teacher, you know, you still get that reward. And so you still get to see it. It's just on a different level. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, coaching is essentially an extension of the classroom and um, I've been teaching for 10 years. So I, I've been a full-time teacher uh, the same time that I was coaching collegiate volleyball, which um, was a little bit crazy there, but you know, it was, it was something fun that my husband and I could do together. Um, and, and we made it work. Um, but, but yeah, it's, you know, a lot of the things that I do in my classroom can certainly can certainly transition to the coaching and, and vice versa, you know, just that motivation that you want your athletes to have at practice on the court, um, you know, that love for volleyball, um, is also very relatable to the third graders that I teach. You want them to be motivated to learn and excited about learning and you want them to try their best in everything, you know? Um, so I think a lot of, you know, both worlds that I'm a part of um, coincide very well together. Yeah. Um, now, how much of a connection with the volleyball community do you still have? Like, are you, do, you, do you still do lessons? Do you still they come in and coach from time to time or are you kind of just on a hiatus? Um, I would say 
a little bit of everything that you just mentioned. Okay. Um, so my years at UPJ um, were from 2013 to 2017. And those were the years where Justin and I, you know, we pretty much came in and, and we did everything. Um, and then as we started growing our family, you know, 2018 and 2019, those were kind of my exiting years. And that's where Justin kind of came in and um, did everything solo. Um, we brought on a new assistant coach um, who was wonderful. And the two of them just kind of made it their baby. Um, but yeah, right now, um, like I'm involved in a couple of leagues, so I still get to see a, a ton of people from the volleyball world here in Johnstown. Um, it's, I'm, I'm not really sure if I want to make appearances at practice, you know, yeah. I kind of want to let the new coach do his thing and, and, you know, take it where he wants the program to go. But um, yeah, sort of connected, but kind of removed, I, I guess, the combination. Yeah. Um, so what was, what was that, like you said, it was pretty hectic to try and manage, you know, starting a family, teaching, and then coaching. Um, like, explain what the, the amount of stress, like just explain what, it, what that situation was like, at least at first. I mean, now you have obviously a lot better handle. All you're focusing on is teaching and then your family. But kind of go over what those first few steps were like. Sure. Well, um, to be quite honest, when the opportunity to coach in college presented itself, um, I, I wasn't in on it 100%. I was, I was still um, pretty skeptical about it. And, and that's where Justin really kind of pushed me a little bit into jumping on board. Um, you know, my worry, my biggest worry was that I was too close in age to the athletes that I would be coaching in college um, because I wasn't removed um, from the college world um, for very many years. So that, that was something that I was worried about. Um, plus, I was also worried about um, just handling certain situations with college girls. I mean, if I look back and I, I think about the coaches that I have and, and their patience and um, you know, just how they approach conversations with me. Um, I just wanted to make sure that, you know, I would say the right thing, guide them in the right direction, because, you know, that's what my coaches did for me, just, you know, being that role model. Um, but, you know, once, once I jumped on board, um, it honestly has been one of the most rewarding um, chapters of my, of my life. And it really is something that filled the void of, not playing anymore. I mean, once you graduate from college, it's like, oh, no more volleyball. But coaching is really something that, that helped fill the void. Um, and it was totally different. I mean, yeah, I would get tired and exhausted from practice and, and playing, but coaching is like another level of tired because I feel like it's so much more emotional. Um, I don't know, you just want so much more, you know what I mean, of your players. Your, your preparation's totally different. Your mindset's totally different. And so you're, I feel like there's a lot more, and it's nothing to the players, but I think there's more emotional involvement in it because you you know what it takes and you want to try and just give it to them, but they you you then have to pull back and go, okay, well they they do have to do this on their own. Yeah, definitely. And I think something that really helped me was, um, you know, when I first came into it, I was surrounded by people, um, you know, who were better at me, better at it than me. Like, you know, Justin is just amazing he really helped to, to bring me on board fully. And if you're surrounded by those kind of people who are knowledgeable and, and just like so good and passionate about what they do, um, you know, it rises you up and you learn very fast. So I was, I was really lucky. Yeah. And I know I've, 
you you do get very um, very appreciative when when you when you have those opportunities because it does make it a lot easier. I mean, it's always nice to have that sink or swim moment when you first get in, but it is always nice to kind of have those little um, you know safety nets every now and then. To kind of say, hey, you know, look, I, I I need to go over this for you, like with you before I do anything. Um, you're kind of my only checkpoint, and it is nice to have that. Uh, with like with with growing your family and everything, what was because I've seen I've seen some coaches, you know, be able to manage that. Um, uh, I think it's sometimes it's a little bit more on the higher end, like the the Division ones and the Power fives, where you have. Um, you know, the salary is a lot different, you know, with the travels different, everything's a little different. Um, what was, what was managing that? And then what was your ultimate decision? Um, like as to, you know, do I stay in coaching or do I transition out? Like, how did you make up your mind on that? Sure. Um, it was very tough. Um, you know, when we first had our daughter, um, that first year we had her in, um, the July. So that preseason, um, in all of 2016, that was, um, you know, I was at every practice and she came along, you know, we would do everything together um, in the gym, you know, um, and it, it was tough. It was really tough. And I really felt like I wasn't 100% in on being a mom and volleyball at the same time. You know what I mean? It was very hard to be present and give my 100% for both. Um, so that it was difficult because, you know, something that is instilled in me to, you know, be totally present and I couldn't. So I think that ultimately thinking about that, just knowing that I wasn't able to be fully present in, in the coaching anymore was kind of what started my wheels turning um, about making that decision. So. And I know it's, it, there's there's the obvious choice you know of course it's just you know we you you have to give it up just for you know your family and it's completely understandable and you know just like you said it's it's a very very hard to to let go and not have some kind of hold on something no matter how small it is like you know just let me let me look at the practice plans every day or just let me let me look at film just so i can have a chance to understand what's going on and it sure. is it is very hard to, to kind of let go, but there's that bigger picture that always comes into play. And it's, you know, I, I feel like there's sometimes when people step back and see that bigger picture, they start seeing more of themselves. They start figuring out more of themselves. They start, you know, seeing life totally different. And I know, you know, what you guys went through is very, very life changing. I mean, especially for your, just your, not only your daily routine, but, you know, everything you do now too. Sure. I mean, kind of like what you said, too, just having that something to hang on to. Um, you know, Justin continued to coach for two years after I was ultimately done. So that's kind of what I used to hang on to. Like, I could still obviously go to practice whenever I wanted, whenever I could, and see the girls, um, you know, and just be part of it in some way. Um, and that was actually one of the hardest parts, too, is just um, just not seeing, you know, the girls anymore. I mean, they're they were just, we were very, very blessed with some amazing, amazing young athletes. Yeah. Uh, what are you, what are your plans for your daughter um, in, in the coming years? Well, we do jump training eight days a okay. week. No, I'm 
Um, no, I mean, she's just kind of doing her own thing. Um, of course, we hope that she likes volleyball. She um, comes to, we play in a couple of leagues down at our local park. So, um, you know, she comes to those and she's exposed to volleyball and she sees mommy and daddy play. Um, so we're hoping that she gets into volleyball, um, definitely for sure. But yeah, right now she's really into gymnastics. So she goes to gymnastics one night a week and she's, she's crazy. It's very entertaining. <laughs> uh, what's, uh, so like with all your athletes and everything, I know um, you have Justin obviously right there, especially with coaching. And then, you know, you see him every day at home. You have, you have your person to lean on with, with athletes, especially their freshman year, kind of when they, when they go away from home or, you know, you have some, that come from overseas or out of the country for whatever reason. Um, what's your, like, how is your biggest focus with them on trying to get them to, and it's not so much like trust in you, but just realize like, you know, you do have now an external support system. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I think back to myself, my freshman year of college, and honestly, I was just clueless to the world. Um, you know, you just, that's that year where you just, you learn so much about yourself and it's just such a monster change from everything that you're used to. Um, but I think it's really important, like when, when you're in the recruiting process to just have a really strong foundation and build uh, a strong relationship, not only with, you know, your incoming freshmen, but also with their families. Um, you know, our volleyball players spend more time with us than they did with their professors. So it was important to really um, just have that excellent communication and that really strong foundation of trust. Um, you know, I, I think of some of my players when they came in their freshman year and, um, you know, how much they have grown and how much they have changed and matured, um, and not only as players, but more importantly, as, as people. Um, and it's, it's so rewarding and I feel so blessed to just have some small part in that. I mean, I'm getting thank you texts from, you know, players who just passed their nursing boards. And I'm like, I had nothing to do with that. I mean, you're <laughs> the one who asked, but you know, they're saying, Hey, thank you for everything. And it's just, it's so incredibly rewarding. Um, but yeah, the, the growth is, is amazing. And I think a, a strong foundation of communication um, is what really, helps with um you know them trusting you and, and family starting to trust you as well and there's i think there's there's a big that's a huge adjustment especially for you know a lot of those like those homebodies or the we'll say we'll say a little bit more um introverted athletes that you know and it's funny to put those two words together because they don't make sense in the same sentence but you know i think i've met more introverted athletes in the last few years than i ever have and it's so funny to let them be able to kind of come out of their shell and you get to see that side of them that they don't show anybody else. And it is really cool to have that, that like special gift role as a coach and mentor to kind of let them just, you know, do, you know, kind of almost just do whatever they want in a sense to where they can kind of just be themselves. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and I think it's so important, especially with the freshmen, because I mean, whether they're from out of state or whether they're from an hour and a half away, um, just with how things have changed from their senior year to their first year in college, it's, it's almost very shocking to them. Um, so I think it's, it's really important that you get to know them outside of volleyball as well. So a couple of things that, that we used to do, um, 
is after preseason or during preseason, whenever we could make it work in our schedule, is we would take a trip to uh, uh, the lake. Um, Justin's aunt and uncle have a boat. And we would spend the whole day out on the water. Um, and it was just really nice to see them kind of outside of the volleyball world and get to know them and, and just hear stories and, and relate to them um, in that way. Um, and then something, one of my favorite things that we do is we, um, we have a surprise picnic every year. And obviously the upperclassmen know about it because we have it every year, but we don't tell our freshmen um, and their parents come. So it's really cool because they don't know that their parents are coming and every year it's, it's very emotional and it's so cool to see, um, you know, just how all in our families are and our parents are. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you know, we, uh, in 2017 with that group of seniors that we had, we did a, a video um, and that is one of the years that we won our championship. And, you know, we asked our seniors one word that they would think of that describes UPJ volleyball. And I would say, oh, the majority of them said, said family. So it was really cool that we were able to, to cultivate that family feel for sure. What would you, like, what would you recommend to club coaches, um, especially those, you know, they have those athletes that are saying, I want to pursue it in college. I want to do this. I want to do that. Um, especially with everything you've gone through um, on both sides of the ball, what would you recommend to those coaches and directors? I mean, especially me being one of those um, on how to promote that family dynamic before they even get into the recruiting process. Sure. I mean, when you think about your family, like they're obviously your biggest support system. And when you think about family, those are the people who really make you feel confident. So I would say to the club directors out there, um, you know, just to continue uh, all of the work on getting the families involved um, and just keeping that involvement. Okay. Um, I know, uh, I think uh, Petalite did um, Night at the Races um, amongst, you know, a couple other things. And I know I'm myself and trying to orchestrate a couple of things for the next year. And I know those are kind of the hardest things because you want to find a time that works for everybody. You want to work with everyone's schedule and you feel bad. And that's, I think you feel bad whenever those people can't make it. And it does show that you care at that point when you're like, okay, well, we, we have to get there as many people as possible. Even if we only have 12, we got to get at least 10. So it is, it, it is really cool, especially when the parents are willing, not even willing, but are able to travel to everything. I mean, yeah. if they can take time off of work, if they can get to every tournament, um, and then the ones who can't, uh, I started streaming all the matches, as many as I could. Um, and it, it really helped them and helped the kids, because uh, all, the, all the athletes, especially the really young ones, got to know, you know, my family was watching me when I was at home. And, you know, it makes them feel special. Absolutely. I mean, thinking about to the, some of our players and the families, um, you know, a lot of our families made it to almost everything. Um, you know, we did have a lot of families who were out of state, and that's why I am very thankful for the live stream. You know, I had a, a family who would tell us that they, you know, hooked up the HDMI cord to the big screen and, and had the subwoofers going, and they were, you know, in theater mode watching our match. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's definitely super cool um, if families can't make it for them to, to stay involved in their um, – in their daughter's 
volleyball experience? Yeah. Uh, so with, uh, with all the club athletes, um, with your experience in club and your, your experience with recruiting and the transition and playing, you know, at a, at a, at a high, higher level division two program, what, what would you tell them in regards to um, kind of how they hold themselves and how they are able to adapt to the situations, especially in a recruiting visit when you only have sometimes hours to get used to people? Sure. Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, I think it's very important to be proactive instead of reactive in a lot of situations. Um, you know, one of my friends who is a former coach um, kind of lives by that saying, being proactive instead of. I mean, I think just you know, taking a situation and being able to learn from it and grow from it and, and, and think about how you react to certain things instead of just being fast with your words is really important. Okay. Yeah, I know it's, you, you kind of get caught up in the moment, especially with going through something like that. Like your, your unofficial visits, I think, although they are uh, somewhat nerve wracking, you're excited. And I think then when you get that official visit and then you get put into the system in a sense and you get, you know, accepted, you know, to all aspects of what you're about to get into, you know, you're kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say the wrong thing. I'm really nervous, but I'm so I'm, I'm pumped and ready to go. Um, I, I, I think kind of like what you said, be proactive instead of reactive is, you know, to, to prep yourself, not to get worked up, but to kind of just tell yourself, Hey, like, look, this is going to happen. You know, I have to be, you know, calm, open-minded, and I got to be ready for anything, especially when it comes to some of those like post interviews and um, pre-match interviews and things like that. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm that, that's how, exactly how I am. I like to be very um, prepared, mentally prepared for everything. So, um, you know, when I'm in situations like that, I like to think of myself as a sponge where I just, I soak it all in at once and then, you know, you just, you take the time, as much time as you need to really think about it um, before, you know, before you, you, have, you make your reactions. Mm. Now with, uh, with all the sacrifices and everything, um, how do you, like, I, I know now kind of how you said, you, you're still talking to your athletes here and there. Um, and especially when you were coaching, how did you keep them, um, like, I want to find the right way to put this um, on the right track while having them understand that certain sacrifices will have to be made. You will have to let things go in order to pursue your dream when it's not the decisions that they want to make and the things they don't want to let go. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I think kind of what I talked about before a little bit, just having that really honest and open communication with the girls on our team. Um, you know, when it comes to the topic of playing time, you know, of course, everybody wants to play and it's, you know, never as fun when you're not playing as much as some of your other teammates. But, um, you know, just just staying open and um, having those conversations with your athletes, um, letting them know, um, you know, hey, here's kind of what we expect. Here's um, what we would like to see you do to continue to grow and get better. Um, we meet with each position separately. 
um, during our preseason. And we um, tell them, we lay it all out at what we look for, um, how you're going to get playing time. Um, you know, for example, the liberos, the number one thing we look for is serve receive consistency, you know, outside hitters, can you put the ball away? Um, so we go over all of these things. Um, and, you know, if somebody isn't playing or if they are looking for ways to improve um, they, at any point um, to talk about why and what they can do to continue to get better and, and what they need to work on. But um, yeah, it, it's tough. But I think just having that trust with your players and that open, honest communication um, really goes a long way, definitely. Yeah. Um, I know it's, it's always harder with younger athletes to try and garner that. Um, but it is, I think it really does lie on the, the lower levels to build it. Um, and there are some exceptional, exceptional clubs out there um, that, that do that. I know there's uh, a few programs I've seen that will do like competition Fridays and they have their whole club do little mini games. And, you know, these are, you know, 200, 300 kids, you know, at once sometimes in their facilities or, you know, a hundred kids in each wave and they're just having a blast. And it's, it's awesome to see that. And then you get to get even more detailed and even do more things um, at the collegiate level because you don't have, you know, two, 300 kids. You've got 15, 16 kids. And I know I saw um, one program, uh, UNCW, actually just did a uh, Team Jeopardy day. And they posted stuff on their Instagram story of, you know, which, which athlete is good at playing uh, ukulele and they had different questions and stuff and they did it over a zoom meeting and it's it, it's really cool to be able to, to know all those little intricacies of each athlete oh yeah i definitely agree i mean those you know the little quirky things are you know what really make it fun and ultimately at the end of the day you know you're playing volleyball because you love it it's fun um and you know one thing that we really really tried to do at UPJ is to, you know, by the time you came in your freshman year, from the time you left your senior year, um, you have had, you know, the most fun playing volleyball um, that you had ever had. Um, so yeah. I think, you know, just those fun things in practice and making it um, very game-like and putting them in situations that are similar to the actual game, but then still keeping it light um, yeah. it is really important. I mean, you know, our girls were really serious and really competitive and they were really successful, but they also knew how to have fun and how to take things, you know, with a grain of salt. But I mean, they could also listen to criticism and, and, and things like yeah. that. So what, like, what were some of the, uh, I'm not trying to repeat myself and hope I'm not, uh, what were some of the big, big, um, standards and focuses you had or like family values that you had at UPJ? Sure. Um, we were big on academics in the classroom. Um, we didn't have very many team rules. We um, kind of wanted to make it in a situation where we didn't want to put ourselves in a position to make rules. You know, they're young adults. Um, but a lot of our rules focused on uh, things in the classroom. For example, our athletes had to sit in the first two rows of every class that they, that they went to. Um, and it, you know, eliminated distractions um, and they could concentrate better. Um, you know, if they dropped below a C, they just had to let us know so we could get them the help that 
uh, that they needed, whether it be a tutor or, um, you know, in a, in a small study session or things like that. So, um, you know, one of the things that Justin and I really valued um, is academics. Um, you know, if you can apply your academics uh, on the volleyball court and, and, you know, be volleyball smart, um, that, was, that was an added bonus for sure. Um, you know, we did incorporate some core values into our program, um, you know, just being um, just like a leader and having that invisible determination. And um, I don't know, it's a, a lot of academics, for sure, um, and a lot of kind of like unspoken leadership, I would say. Yeah. Uh, now, to like get, get to things kind of on the court, um, what... What were some of the drills that you and Justin would use to kind of push them in that sense to where they had to trust each other? And if, um, not, not so much if, but it was, uh, the, the drill was only completed if both people participated and were willing to. Sure. Um, I can think of one drill in particular. Um, we call it diamond to star passing and, um, I'm, I'm sure there are a couple of my players watching and they're probably like, oh my gosh, not that drill. But, um, you know, it's, it's where the team had to work collectively to um, accomplish a goal. And if it wasn't accomplished, they, they in a sense, had to start from the beginning. Um, so they were set up in, in the shape of a diamond and the people across from one another um, were a group. So there were essentially two groups. Um, and, you know, at the, at the sound of a clap, the um, thing that they were doing changed. So they may have been passing back and forth, then they had to move into setting, but after they contacted the ball, then they rotated and they were part of the opposite group. It's extremely confusing. Um, oh, okay. So not only was it important to know where you were, but you had to pay attention to make sure that, um, you know, the person that you were across from was also there and ready. So the level of communication that was required for this drill um, as well as concentration and thinking. Um, it was, it was, you know, how some people can't walk and chew gum at the same time. It was, it was one of those things where you really had to multitask and you really had to think and communicate. So, um, you know, that drill in particular, when they accomplished it, um, like they were high-fiving, they were like, it was just the sense of team um, and togetherness mm -hmm. that we after the, the completion of that drill was just super cool. And that's, that's something that, we've, that we really try to do too with a lot of our drills. Um, you know, something else that we did is after every dead ball, whether you win the point or not, you come together as a team, but you have to make eye contact with at least four people, you know? So, and, and that helps with, you know, if you made the mistake, you know, it helps with you making eye contact to, um, you know, just, help you try and shake off that mistake. I can, I can remember, you know, when I was in college and I shanked a pass or something like that, I always had a teammate who, you know, would say a funny word or make a funny face to, to help me completely forget that. So, um, yeah, that was something else that was, that was really cool. Just, you know, if you make a mistake or if you earn the point, just going in with your team with that sense of togetherness and making eye contact. I know, and that's, that's like the, one of the biggest habits I try to build, especially in the young kids, you know, like 14 and under, or, or the ones that have not played club that much, so they, they don't understand the step up in competitiveness, 
that that comes from you know middle school or high school going into that travel season and i i see some people get lost it seems like almost on the court and to have that you know kind of what you said you make that eye contact you have that even if you have that one person it does make your your fight a lot easier it does make like, your struggle a lot easier Definitely. I mean, and with volleyball being such a team sport, you know, it is easy for somebody to get down on themselves if they, you know, make a couple of mistakes in a row. And it's, you know, it's really important to have that trust in your team and to have maybe, like you said, even that one person on the team who can just kind of bring you back. And now, personally, like when you were playing in college, who was, who was your, your one person? My libero. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, because usually, um, I was the most frustrated with myself when I was in the back row, um, which, I mean, servicey was probably my favorite part of the game in college um, because it's something that, you know, I, um, like, I wanted to become better at. So it's something that I really, really focused on servicey, and I, I, I grew to love it after I hated it. Um, but yeah, it was always my libera because she was usually always back there in servicey right beside me. <laughs> um. Now, with uh, like with with that being said, what who did you notice, um, or have you noticed uh, UPJ and you know every team you've dealt with, um, without having to tell them, who would you see consistently uh, position wise that would start to lead? Um, I would say usually our outside hitters. Um, you know, they were somebody who we tried to keep in for six rotations. You know, they're your, your ball control players. So, you know, not only are they trying to terminate the ball in the front row, but as a back row option, you know, you want them in there um, to provide that constant. You know, some years we ran a 6-2. Some years we, we ran a 5-1, depending on, you know, what we had offensively and things like that. Um, but the one constant has always been kind of like our outside hitters. Um, now, our libero uh, was, was also very vocal, and it's, it was important for her to step up as well, and she did, um, because she's in there for just as many rotations, and she's kind of in charge in the back row. Um, so for her to be really vocal and, and kind of talk to the hitters and, and things like that, it, it was really important to see her kind of step up as well. Now, have you have – you I'm going to change gears just a little bit. Uh, have you had any, any of your athletes start to take that next step in life with having kids and getting those big jobs and everything? Have yeah. they been contacting Gosh. you? So weird. It's so cool to see, though. I mean, um, you know, a lot of the athletes that we have coached um, go on to graduate and coach themselves, um, you know, younger kids and stuff. So it's really cool to see them continue their love of volleyball by coaching themselves. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we have seen quite a few of our girls, you know, go on to get married. And it's just, of course, fun to go to those weddings and see, you know, our team again, you know, back at it. Um, and yeah, there are quite a few volleyball babies here in the UPJ family. So it's <laughs> I'm just amazing. It's, it's amazing to see. Yeah. Um, you know, with, uh, like, I'm trying to think, um, I know I've been trying to get in contact with a few people from, from UPJ that I've dealt with here and there. And it is, it is, it is still cool to see, you know, getting in touch with everybody is cool to see where they're going, where they've been, what they're doing. And um, 
I think the biggest thing for me that's kind of helped me grow and it makes me uh, think of how stupid I was as a teenager was to get some of the Facebook memories that pop up and all the things you said when you were younger and you go, wow, um, no, <laughs> no, I, I, that's, that's not me anymore. <laughs> yeah. Some of the things that pop up are just cringe worthy. How about it? <laughs> <laughs> But it is it is it is cool to see everyone yeah. to see everyone grow for sure. Oh yeah, it's so rewarding. And I mean, like I said before, I've just been very blessed along the way to meet some amazing athletes and their families. And it's it's definitely cool to you know stay in touch with those girls and their families, and you know just see where they are now and stay in touch. And it's yeah. it's nice to be part of their lives and. Um, just kind of, you know, see how volleyball played a small part in the amazing people that they are. Yeah, and I think that's that's probably the most um, rewarding and, um, we'll say, biggest expression of how well you've done as a coach is to have those people come back and to stay in contact with you. And you know, you get a text out of nowhere, or you get a Facebook message, or Instagram message, or email, and you know, or you get that call like you said, "Hey, we're swinging by." UPJ, can we can we come visit you? Um, or are you busy? You want to go get dinner? And it is, it is nice. You know, I've I've had, I and you know I had one of those kind of out of nowhere as a kid. I dealt, I dealt with my, I think my very first year in club, and she actually ended up going to Cal U, um, and emailed me and said, hey, I just got in, and I use you as my reference and as to why I came here, and I'm like, I coached you one year. And you, you were done playing after your 16th year, but you know, it is, you know, you, you don't, sometimes it only takes those few months. Yeah, definitely. And I've got to give a lot of that credit to Justin too, because, you know, he's on that same page of just understanding the importance of forming relationships with people. Um, so yeah, I mean, the two of us, it's just, I know I can speak for him when I say how rewarding it is. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think it would have been, more difficult if he wouldn't have been a volleyball coach to to go through this do you think it would have been easier do you think the things could have been managed in a different way or do you think it just it had to go like this um i i think it had to go like this i mean you know we're a package deal here as long as he understands that i'm the boss you know both of them (laughs) no but i mean if i think back to you know my coaching journey a lot of you know my best memories um, happened with him, you know, when we won the championship in 2013, our, our very first year in a a brand new competitive conference, you know, it was the two of us right there together. And then again, in 2017, um, you know, just the memories that I have with the people that we've coached, um, together, um, yes, it, it had to happen together. (laughs) And I can, I can actually say that I was there to watch that happen. So, um, that was actually my, well, that's my first year there. So yes, I was there. I was, and I've been, I've, I've always, I've thought back to that, especially when I first got in contact with you again, um, uh, doing this has brought up a lot of fond memories. So it's been, it's been very nice. Um, you have accomplished a lot, especially with, you know, teaching. I had, I had always wondered how you managed everything so well and you didn't like split at the seams. I mean, I know we all have those those really rough days, rough weeks, rough months, 
and then all of a sudden it kind of kind of pokes through the clouds and everything gets better and you kind of go you know this is why i'm doing this and you know i know with having someone there that understands what you're doing regardless if they're involved in the field you're in or not is what i think sometimes if not most times breaks people from accomplishing their dreams yeah i definitely agree and um you know if i look back and think about how much the two of us just you know love the sport and see everything that the sport has done for us and and for the people in our lives um yeah it's i, mean, I could say so much you know and it's I know, I, and it's the same thing. I, I, I gotta think. You know, I think my wife just like you do your husband, and it's if you if you don't have that support system, whatever that is. I mean, that could just be your friends, that could just be your family, that could just be your spouse, your girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever it is. You know, um, uh, a coach. I mean, if that's just your only support system, you know, it's still your support system, and you still have someone to lean on. And it's something that I think a lot of people need to understand that you do have somebody. And if, even if you don't, you can learn how to lean on yourself and that it's, it's not going to be easy, but you can keep moving and you can get better. Absolutely. So Absolutely. it all comes down to, you know, just, how much you want to accomplish and, and do what you love. You know, if, if you love the sport of volleyball, you'll, you'll find a way and you'll lean on the people who are building you up and supporting you. And, um, you know, hopefully it's, you know, people jump on board as you, as you go. Yeah. So, um, now I know it was actually funny. Um, before I, uh, came on, I was looking through a couple of notifications and I actually had from what I could pick out um, two of your former teammates uh, or sorry, not, not former teammates, former players that had uh, followed me on here. And, oh boy. <laughs> um, one was Devin yeah. and um, I'm going to have to look at the other one. Um, but for me, I think that right there speaks to you. And I think that, that, that speaks to those coaches that, you know, they, they want to see what's going on. You know, they, the, those athletes want to see what, you know, what is it, what was our coach still doing? And I think even referring to them, you know, them still referring to you as coach, because I know it still happens. Well, and I, I feel the same way. Like anytime that they post a picture or anytime they send me a life update, I'm just, I'm just dying to know what they've been up to. You know, and so um, I think, you know, they may think of myself and Justin that way, but I also think of them, you know, with high regards as well. Um, yeah, so it was, you know, it was cool to get those messages like, good luck. I know you don't like talking really much about yourself, but, you know, great, good luck. So, yeah. But um, I know this is, uh, I've, I've gotten the same kind of response from everybody when they first come on and do things. Um, uh, and what I've told everybody is when I started doing this, um, I was nervous because <laughs> I've never done this before in my life. Um, now, doing this um, is taught me a lot about myself. And it does, especially with people watching, it does help to kind of, you know, just like you said, be, be proactive. And you think a lot more about what comes out. You think a lot more about how you talk. 
um, the people, you know, the people I bring on here are the kind of people I want to be surrounded by. So it does make me feel very much accomplished when I look at the list of people I get to talk to, when the list of people I get to connect with, uh, share stories with, you know, reconnect with. So it is, it is a very um, unique process. I'm sure. Um, yeah. And thank you for having me. Like this was, this was super cool. Um, it was nice to kind of just go back and relive some of those things that I've been through as a player and as a coach and just talk about some things that have been really important, um, you know, to myself as a coach. So yeah, thank you for the invitation. Oh, no problem. And if, uh, any, and I'm sure probably your teammates are not, I keep saying teammates, but still, yeah, probably, probably your teammates and your players, uh, if they watch this, um, it will actually be on the Instagram profile and on Spotify. So oh. um, it'll be saved forever. So you oh. don't have to worry about that. Um, what, what I'm going to have you do is what I have everyone do at the very end is um, what piece of advice, um, long or short, doesn't matter. Uh, would you give to um, all those athletes out there that are either beginning their journey or struggling or they're pursuing a dream within volleyball? Um, I would definitely say don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, you know, a big part of your support system is there for you, um, you know, sometimes whether you like it or not. So if you, um, you need help with something, whether it be something in the volleyball world or something, um, you know, personal, there are people there um, for you. There are resources there for you if you need help. Um, if you ask, you'll be surprised at, um, you know, how many people are willing to, to be there for you. So don't be afraid to ask for help. All right. Well, uh, thank you again for coming on. I really do appreciate it. Um, I'm glad. I'm really, really glad everything has been working out for you guys so well. Uh, and I hope one day to get back up there and kind of catch up with everybody and kind of make my rounds, we'll say, to see everyone. <laughs> yes, that would be great. Um, yeah, thank you so much again for the kind words. Um, and it certainly has been a ride, that's for sure. Yeah, so, well, thank you again, Joanna. Um, I will talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thank you. See you Bye. later. Bye.